Well, last, this last couple weeks, my wife and I have had, uh, had two of our granddaughters uh, staying with us a lot. Parents were out of town and, uh, uh, for a couple different things. And, and during this time, uh, this was uh, Bella and Victoria. Bella's 13 and Victoria's 8. And they've been staying with us. And almost every night at dinner, they get into this thing where they want to, they want to do riddles. And so they look up riddles for kids. And so we've been doing riddles like, how do you make low-fat milk? Put a cow on a diet. <laughs> okay? What month of the year has 28 days? All of them. <laughs> okay? This is, what we, this is what we would do at night and would sit and laugh. And, and what is always in front of you but can't be seen? The future. Ah, okay. But we would sit around the table and we would laugh at all these riddles. And, but how many know that riddles don't make a whole lot of sense unless you have an answer? Right? Wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, you know? And we live in a world today that has a lot of problems, a lot of real-life riddles, but few answers. And that's why sometimes the world just makes no sense. How many of you know that life is a lot easier if you have the answers to the problems. Right? Especially if you have the answers to the problems before the problems. In other words, you know what you're going to do if this happens. Amen? We have a wonderful and supernatural advantage as believers a wonderful and supernatural advantage to the world's problems called the Word of God, and it's called the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me, church? We have a, an advantage. The problem is that so many of us don't take advantage of that advantage. We don't really go to, to the Word of God with our problems. We don't really go to the Holy Spirit with our problems. This last week, there's a particular dilemma or problem that I've been praying about and actually for, for several weeks now this last uh, last Thursday morning I woke up and I just heard the voice of the Lord in my heart like that and I knew the answer the Lord gave me the answer to that particular problem now when I thought about that during the day and immediately the, the tension the stress over that situation just left okay and, but when I thought about it, I said, you know, I'll bet the, all night long the Lord was speaking to me and I was just sound asleep. He was speaking to me and I didn't realize it until I woke up and there was the answer to the problem. Can somebody say amen? amen. You see, God has, how many of you know this? Say this with me. God has all the answers to all my problems and all I need to do is seek him he'll give them to you. He promises. He promises to. We're going to read uh, Romans chapter, uh, we're going to st start with verse, uh, actually we're going to read out of Romans 16, but we're actually going to start today with verse 20. We're going to read 1 through 20, but we're going to look at verse 20 first because it's the answer. So we're going to take a look at the answer to this passage, if you will. And verse 20 says this, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. Amen. 
Now, how many of you want the God of peace in your life? Amen? How many know that peace solves a lot of problems? The peace of God solves a lot of problems. In fact, in the book of Acts, it says that, that we should be led by his peace. When, if you want to know if you're going in the right direction or moving in the right place, if you have peace with it, then the peace of God with it, then you're moving in the right direction. If you don't have the peace of God in a certain direction or thing that you're doing, then maybe you need to turn around and go the other way until you have the peace of God. How many of you want Satan crushed under your feet today? Amen? That's what he promises there. How many know that that would solve a lot of our problems if right now Satan was crushed under your feet? Okay? How many of you want Jesus with you all the time right now? That solves a lot of problems. How many know he is the Prince of Peace? That uh, he is the one who crushes Satan under your feet? And he's the one that is grace. How many do a little grace this morning? Yeah. Amen. You see, we live in a day and a time. Hear me, church. We live in a day and a time where we need God's peace more than ever. We live in a day and time where, where we need to not only have Satan crushed under our feet, put under our feet, but we need to know and be confident that when he comes and tries to do things to us, he tries to attack us, that he will be crushed under our feet. How many need to know that? Amen? How many of you know that more than ever, we need to be aware of the presence of God, that Jesus is with us every day? all the time. Today, today's message I've titled, A Guide for Living Today. And the reason I titled that is because today is, the day that we live in is different, different than it was five years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. We live in a different day. And we need to understand that we need more than ever to know these things for living today. So let's read. We're going to start now reading at Romans uh, 16, starting with verse 1. Now, I want to warn you, there's a lot of biblical names in this passage, and so you're going to just have to help me through them. I'm not too bad at them, but, but they're biblical names, okay? And we're going to go through them, but it's, it's actually, it's kind of fun. I like doing this. But uh, let's start with verse 1. And Paul is writing here to the church at Rome, and he says, I commend you, Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of, of the church in Centria, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and assist her in whatever business she has, has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their, their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved Apanatus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia to, the, to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, 
my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stachys, my beloved. Greet Ampelles, approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who, are, who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Greet and, and Asyntrisus, Philagan, Hermas, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brethren who are with us. Greet Philogus and Julia, Nereus and the sister of Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Verse 19, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you that your word is, is living and is more powerful than a two-edged sword. We thank you, Lord, this morning that your word is alive. And Lord, make it come alive, not just in sound or in these words or in my voice, but make it come alive in each of our hearts and in our minds and in our faith, Lord, today. We thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. That There are three guides, if you will, for living here, three guides for living today that I want to point out to you. You know, a lot of times we read scriptures and passages where there's all of these names that we can't pronounce or try to pronounce. They're actually fun if you do it. You can actually Google them and find out how to pronounce them, and, and a couple of those I had to do that way. But, you know, uh, we read that sometimes and we skim over those things like the begots, remember those? And, and we don't really understand, but I want you to understand every, the Bible says every jot and tittle of the word of God is living and it's meant for us and it's powerful and it will change us. And I just, I want you to understand these, all of these names and all of this have a purpose and a meaning that we need to understand. And so there's three guides for a living today found in this passage of Scripture that I hope that the Holy Spirit through this message will bring alive in you today. Amen? The first guide is honor the faithful. Say that with me. Honor the faithful. Honor those people who have shown themselves to be faithful to God, faithful to his kingdom, and faithful to his church. Honor the faithful. Paul writes in Romans 13, 7. He says, pay to all what is due them. 
tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, respect to whom respect, and honor to whom honor. You see, we are to give honor to those to whom honor is due. How many know that the faithful, there, there should be honor for the faithful? It is, and hear this, it is the faithful who are honored in God's kingdom. It is the faithful who are honored, not the rich and famous, not the talented, not the, the, those that have all of the gifts or whatever. That, it's not about that. How many know that, that God blesses us? He gives some riches. He gives other great talent. He gives other, he may even make some people famous, in, in a, okay? God gives us those things. God gives us the answers to our prayers. God, the Bible says he blesses us. How many know God blesses you? Those are gifts from God. They're not because you're good. They're not because you've done anything, but they're gifts from God. But our faithfulness, like our praise and our worship, our faithfulness is a gift from us to God. Do you understand that? The Bible calls, Bible calls this a sacrifice. The Bible refers to the sacrifice of praise the sacrifice of worship. How many know that we worship and we praise him we, irregardless of how we're feeling, irregardless of whether we're blessed? How many have had a really bad day, something that has really gone wrong in your life, and you start that day by saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I worship you. In the midst of that horrible situation, whatever it may be, you can give a sacrifice of praise. Our faithfulness is a sacrifice. Our faithfulness is a sacrifice. In the parable of the talents, how many know what the parable of the talents are? Jesus says, listen to this, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter the joy of your Lord. Amen? Amen? Our gift to him is our faithfulness. His gift to us is the blessings of him making us ruler over many things. Our faithfulness over just small things. Sometimes it's so easy to get caught up like who am I and what, what difference does my life make and, and it, get into this pity party. You take whatever it is God's given you to, to do and you're faithful with it over those little things. His promise his promise is he'll make you ruler over major things, big things. But even more than that, he welcomes you into the joy of the Lord. That's something we should be thankful for. So we honor the faithful. To, to honor means to perceive with value. We look upon the faithful, we perceive them with value. Here in Romans 16, listen to this. Paul spends 16 verses expressing his value for 24 different people, men, women, young and old. He's 16 verses. All of those verses I read and you're going, why is he reading all of these? 16 verses, he's expressing value over 24 different people that have been faithful. He uses the word greet 
15 times. This word greet means to embrace. It means to salute. You greet them because he wants to embrace the faithful, salute, honor the faithful. Why? Because they've been faithful servants. Not of me or of you. They've been faithful servants to God and his kingdom and the church. They labored, and listen to this, it says, they labored and they risked their own necks. How many of you have risked your neck for God? Most of us haven't. How many of you have risked your neck or for the kingdom, for his church? Most of us haven't. It's a sacrifice. It's an answer to the problem before we get to the problem. The answer is, what would you do if you were put in a position to have to lay down your life for him? It's an answer to a problem before you get there. Amen? To be faithful means to be trustworthy, committed, selfless, sacrificial for the sake of the kingdom. I'm going to say that again. To be faithful means to be trustworthy, committed, selfless, sacrificial. It may sometimes mean doing things that I don't want to do. My flesh doesn't want to do this but I'm sacrificing to be faithful. Once a month, once a month we, we do what we call the dream team member of the month. And we do that to just honor those people here in our own church in New Life that have been faithful. This month, we are going to honor Alan Peterson. <laughs> Alan serves on our hospitality team. He takes that blower every week. You should see when you come to church, you don't see this because most of the time Alan has blown the leaves off the front and he's out there putting signs up, taking signs down. Most of you don't see it. And see, faithfulness is a sacrifice. Thank you, Alan. And you know, thank you for everybody. Amen. Thank you for everybody who serves on our dream team because what we do on a Sunday, we couldn't do without people serving. Gabby and Greg and, and everybody in the AV room, Pastor Tim and Kyle and Mark and those on the worship team and, and Tiffany and with the kids. And right now, we, we, you know, it, we have people that, that serve on our security team, Randy, that you don't see out there, and George. And all of these things, most of them are faces behind faces that you don't really see. But we need people serving. And God honors those who serve faithful. At the end of our lives, I want you to think about this. At the end of our lives, the words that every one of us want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over the little things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter the joy of the Lord. Oh, how many, how many of you know just hearing those words, that's what I want to hear. Amen? Amen. So honor those who have served and those who do serve. Honor them. The second thing I want to point out here this morning is avoid divisive people. Avoid divisive people. Paul says in verse 17, I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn. And what does he say? Avoid them. He says, take note of who causes division and offenses. Take note of them. 
How many of this is wise advice? This is an answer to a problem before you get to the problem. What do I do if somebody, if somebody approaches me and they're causing division and strife? And What do I do? Paul tells us the answer. Avoid them. If they're coming this way, you go the other way. Get around them. Avoid them. Stay away from them. The word division here means disunion or dissension. Offenses comes from the Greek word scandalon, and it's where we get the word scandal. Today, you could use the word drama. Stay away from people filled with drama. He says, avoid them. Drama people, you know, how many know drama, rumors, uh, all of that kind of stuff sows dissension and offenses and brings trust. He says, stay away from them. Stay away from them. He doesn't say coddle. He doesn't say pamper. He doesn't say argue with them. He doesn't say to win them over. He says, avoid them. That's Paul's words. It's not Pastor Steve. That's the word of God. He says, avoid them. Stay away. Go out of your way to avoid them. Verse 18 goes on to say, listen to this. For those who are of such, being of such means divisions, offenses, drama, do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? But they serve their own belly. In other words, their own desires. In other words, they're bringing drama. They're bringing offenses. They're bringing all of this division and dissension. They're bringing this because it brings attention to them. When we come together, everything we do is about bringing him attention. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's, it's about bringing God attention. And anybody... Any person that tries to draw attention to themselves is bringing division, offenses, and drama. Stay away from them. That's what he says. He says here that they do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly or their own desires. By smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. Are you with me, church? So we honor the faithful, honor the faithful. We avoid the divisive. And the third thing that I want you to see here is, we, is let your obedience be known. Let your obedience be seen. If there's one thing we should, be, we should allow to be known by everybody, we don't want to run around telling everybody, you know, I'm great and all this, but what we do is let your obedience, let your obedience be known. Paul tells the Roman church here in, in verse 19, he says, for your obedience has become known to all. He's, he's calling them faithful because their obedience has become known to all. They are well known, this church. This church at Rome is well known for its obedience. The news of their faithful obedience, say that, faithful obedience Faithful obedience to Jesus, his kingdom, and this church has spread through the countryside, and Paul has heard about it. It's become known. The Bible tells us that we should all, as believers, be known for love, right? They will know us by our love. Well, Paul tells us here they should also know us by our obedience. 
our faithful obedience. Doesn't say, I want you known for having the best looking building in town. I want you to be known because you have the greatest music, even though we do have great music. How many of you have heard people say, I go to that church because they have great music? I'm just, am I, I'm, I'm getting the personal stuff here, aren't I? <laughs> and they're not to be known for their great preaching. When people talk about new life, here's what I hope they say. I hope and pray that they say, you know, those people over at New Life, they're not very big. They don't really have a great building or anything. You know, they have great music. They have hopefully great preaching. But the thing that really, that I so see about those people is their love. I walk in and you feel the love of God in those people. I hope that they say, I walk in and those are obedient. They're faithful, faithful people. Are you with me, church? Walk the news around town, I hope, is stuff like, you know, that New Life Church, those are good and faithful people. That's the people, I'm telling you, church, that the Lord will say well done to good and faithful. You see, here's the key that I want you to grasp a hold of out of this, let your obedience be known. Obedience to God and his word is where our integrity comes from. We talk a lot about integrity. I have integrity. I want integrity. They're a person of integrity. But understand something. There is only one place that integrity can come from in your life and my life, and that is from our relationship with God, the word of God. That's the only place. His word is our integrity, not my personal strength, not my determination to do something. My integrity comes from the word of God. That's where my integrity, it is, the Bible calls it the rock of my salvation. How many know Jesus is the word? How many know Jesus is the rock of our salvation? That's where our integrity comes from. Our integrity here this church is our faithfulness to God and his word. Our integrity is all based on our faithfulness to God and his word. Not from our own personal strength, not from our faithfulness to, to, to everything else, but our faithfulness to God and his word, period. And I'm telling you, in these last days, in the days that we live now, you're gonna be tested more and more on your integrity, not how strong you can be personally or how hard-headed you might be. You're gonna be tested, we're all gonna be tested on our integrity to the word of God because there's gonna be times and choices you're gonna to have to stop and say, you know, I, I, I'm gonna do what the word says. Are you hearing me, church? That's what, I, that's what we're dealing with in these last days. Can somebody say amen? amen? I have come to understand this. I had a discussion with somebody that I love very much a few weeks ago, and I want to get into the, the discussion, but it was a lot of the, uh, the stuff that we deal with today, you know, regarding homosexuality and, and gender and all of that stuff. And I, I looked at them, and it was... The, the, the conversation was, you could feel the tension. 
And I finally looked and I said, look, my integrity is not based on what I believe or want. My integrity is, is based on the word of God. The word of God says God created man. He created male and female. The word of God tells us that he created us to go forth and be fruitful. He created us. The word of God tells us how he created us. It's not about anything else. It's about my integrity being the word of God. You see, and here's, here's what I want you to take away. One takeaway. I want you to write this down. Actually, it's in your notes. You have it. But we're not to have a worldview of God. The world is constantly trying to get you to have a worldview of God. We are not to have a worldview of God, but a God view of the world. Yes. I'm going to tell you that again because the world tells you all the time, you should, you should think this way. You should have a worldview of what God... No, we're to have a God view of the world. This is really silly, but I think of this as binoculars. <laughs> and I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have a, a God view. I'm going to see everything I do. Everything I do has got to be filtered through this church. You've got to filter your life, your direction, your dreams, your goals, your ambitions. You've got to filter it all through the Word of God. We're to have a God view of the world. That means we're to look at the world, life, and everything in it through the lens of God's Word. So let your obedience be known, church. Let your obedience be known. Paul goes on to say in verse 19, he says, be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Be wise in what is good, simple concerning evil. We live in a day, I already said, we, more and more, we're seeing the evidence that we are living in the, the last days. How many know Jesus is coming back? He is returning. The Bible talks about the end of the world. It is coming. That's part of our integrity. We know what God says. But in this last day, the Bible says that good will be called evil and evil will be called good. We live in a day where the evil of abortion is called good. We live in a day where the evil of gender confusion is called good. How many of you know, I don't get that. If, if You can't get that if you filter your life through the word of God because we see life, we see the world through God's view, not through our own or what others want us to think about. We live in a day where the good of seeing life through God's word is called closed-minded. We live in a day where the good of being faithful is called rigid. You see, this tells us that these are the signs of the last days, church, and you're going to see it more and more and more. Your integrity has to be the word of God in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Isaiah 5.20, speaking of the last days, says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to them. Woe to them who call evil good and good evil. That's the word of God. It's the prophet Isaiah. You see, these, these things I've mentioned are guidelines for living in this day. One, honor the faithful. Say that with me. Honor 
the faithful. I want to ask you today, when you're leading, leaving, find somebody who you know to be faithful and just thank them, honor them. Stop over at the kids' church and just say, hey, Tiffany, and all the teenagers and kids that are helping her, and just say, thank you, guys. Thank you for serving the Lord. Talk with Pastor Jenny, because they're taking a team over to the nursing home right after this service, and they're doing service there. Stop and say, thank you for doing that. Stop and find somebody faithful and just say, thank you, thank you. So first, we honor the faithful. We avoid the divisive. We got, that's part of our integrity. Avoid them. And then let your obedience be known. Decide today, decide today this is going to be your integrity. Your obedience to this. Let your obedience be known. Don't waver when you go out to go to work tomorrow. Don't waver when you go home and you're in a neighbor and you're confronted by somebody about some of these social issues. Don't waver. Don't waver. Stand firm. Let your integrity be the word of God. And the answer of the Lord is when you do this, verse 20, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. That's the answer. That's the answer to, will you, be, will you honor the faithful? Will you avoid those who are divisive? And, and will you let your obedience be known? How many know the God of peace, peace, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet, he says shortly. I love that word shortly right now because I need it, right? Right? When, when the enemy's attacking, you need it right then. And then he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Would you bow your heads with me? You might be here this morning and maybe you, you've listened and you've realized, man, I'm, I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm, maybe the word is not my strength and integrity. Or maybe I... I haven't put my integrity in, in Jesus and I've been filtering my life through social media or what people say as opposed to the Word of God. If that's you today and you're stopping, you're saying, hey, I want to I get back on track. I want to get my life back on track today. Just lift your hands. I want to pray with you this morning right now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to tell you, God, when we respond to God, God responds to us. He says that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. I put my hand up and say, God, I want to get back on track. I want to, I want to make sure that, that I'm living the integrity of your word no matter what. Just lift your hand and say, I want to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I pray for those right now. I pray for those Right now, this morning, everyone that has lifted their hand or maybe even have responded in their heart or in their mind, Lord, what they're saying today is, God, from this day forward, I choose for my mind and thoughts to be changed so I filter life through your word. I see life through your word. And God, my integrity is your word. That's what we're all saying, God, to you today. Lord, I pray over every one of them and all of us. 
Lord, that you would put an unction within us of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to be strong, to be obedient, to be faithful, Lord, to your word, to you, to your word, and to the voice of the Holy Spirit, no matter what. One more thing this morning before we, before we worship again for just a moment. Maybe you're here today and, man, there's a problem you've been going through. Maybe a dilemma, maybe something that, like a freight train coming down the track, there's a decision you know you have to make. I want you to know that God has the answer to that decision. God has the answer, and I want to pray with you. If you're here this morning and you're facing a big decision, I want to pray with you. You'll just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. If you're looking at some decisions in your life, stand to your feet because I just want to pray right now because I believe that God, God wants to steer you, guide you to in his word. He wants to speak his voice to you and give you that answer. I'm going to tell you it's in him. It's in him. It's in him. And so, Father, for every person here that is on their feet right now, Lord, what we're all saying to you, God, is, God, I, I know I've got a problem, and I know you have the answer. So I come to you, Lord, today. We all come to you. I pray over each one of us as we come to you that you, Lord, will give us the answer. You'll give us the solution. You'll guide us, Lord, through this problem, Lord, so that we have the peace of God. And if that problem is, is a situation where the enemy is attacking or tormenting you, in the name of Jesus, we declare right now the peace of God that crushes the enemy under your feet. We thank you, God, that you are our grace and our peace, Lord, today. And I pray, Father, Lord, today that we will leave here changed in Jesus' name. Would you, everyone stand to your feet? We're going to just sing this last song to seal. And I'm going to ask you just to just say, Lord, seal. Holy Spirit, seal these words in my heart and life today in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's worship.